KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody. Just after the hour at 10 o'clock, welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you for the next couple of hours. Glad you've decided to spend some time with us. A busy program, a fun, fun program today. Really looking forward uh, to today's show. We're going to play the hits in the first hour. We'll talk Hawks and we'll talk clones. Scott Dockerman, uh, the latest on Iowa. Likewise, Alex Halstead, the latest on Iowa State as they've had some assistant coaching availabilities. And maybe John Haycock as I go back to Dylan Montz's appearance on Monday. I'm not 100% sure, but we'll ask Alex before he comes on. So we'll do Hawks and Clones in the first hour. It's Wednesday. That means our buddy David Kaplan will be here. Brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Lots of ground to cover with Cappy. Look forward to doing so as the Cubs fall on the road. Yet again, the Phillies got past them uh, last night. You know what? Overall, though, pretty entertaining baseball game, uh, to say the least. Speaking of which, there's another entertaining baseball game I want to get to in Milwaukee. That was unbelievable. And then, if you're into sports wagering, if you've listened to me over the years... Mm -hmm. Um, about 10 or 12 years ago, I came back with Vegas with, I thought, a dangerous amount of information. Well, that's a good thing, right? Yes, indeed. So I've been talking about, for years, the point spread value at different stadiums around the country. It's not a flat three like it is. And a lot of people still have that. It is in the NFL, for the most part. For the most part. Seattle is still... Green Bay, likewise. When we'll get Kenny White's opinion on this, they're probably Mm -hmm. three and a half. But it's such a... A big difference from stadium to stadium in college football. And college, it's significant. It can Huge. be upwards of four and a half, five in some places. It is. That home field advantage, the difference between two teams playing on a neutral site as opposed mm-hmm. to playing in a home stadium. Yeah, it's not It's not three. For right. instance, Kenny White told me the two biggest home field advantages in college football, and I've shared with this the audience over the years, are Hawaii and Boise State. He told me that Jack Trice, and this is going back, I don't 10 years, okay. maybe. Uh, Jack Trice was a four and a half, a five uh, a stadium. Likewise, Kinnick Stadium could mm-hmm. be a five and a half. So I'm anxious to get the latest from that on him. He's an, an unbelievable analytical guy. He has put out something. I think all sport, if you're into f- betting on football, this isn't necessarily touts, but he's got so many numbers. I told you about this, Trent, and I've told shared this with the audience over the years. I'm in his office one day. And he's got all these great big, and I mean huge binders. And inside those binders is a page on every player, on every roster, on the 130 college football teams. I said, come on. So not just the quarterback and the wide receiver. I said, all right, show me this. I'll get you. Go to Iowa State for me. All right, flips over to Iowa State. I know a guy... I don't want you to talk about Austin or not. I'm sure you've got a page on Austin or not. Show me Zach Spears' page. Zach Lapedia, yes, a good guy. Peralt and I had a lot of fun with with Zach Spears in his career, and you know, still to this day when we see each other, very, um, very friendly with each other. He's a good guy. Zach never played. Zach never saw the field. He was an offensive lineman, or very rarely. And he traveled. He was part of the travel squad, um, and a really popular dude on the football team. Mm-hmm. Show me his page, Smarty Pants. Oh, 
Here you go right here. Here's Zach Spears' weaknesses and strengths. Now, there were more weaknesses. <laughs> sure. The strengths. But to my point, even the backup to the backup on the offensive line at Iowa State, who was probably 2-10 and 10 the year before, there's a page on him. Anyways, this is the this is the guy we have coming on at eleven thirty five, and he has said he's going to join us throughout the entire football season. Awesome, which is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, he he is the uh, Las Vegas sports consultants for years, four years in Vegas. Set the point spreads for all the properties at least to start. Wow, he was the guy that Vegas turned to. One of them for the point spreads. He's going to join us at eleven thirty five. If you're into it, I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, if you're not, we apologize in advance because he's going to join us at 11.35. So a jam-packed show today, a lot of ground to cover on the eve of um, of sports wagering, the curtain going up at noon. We're all excited to be there uh, tomorrow. We're going to carry, at least we're going to attempt, I believe we'll get it done, to uh, carry the ceremony, the ceremony that when they cut the ribbon and the first ceremonial wager is made, uh, is going to happen at 11.30 tomorrow. We hope to be able to bring you that live, um, just some of the dignitaries, etc. It's a pretty big day. It's a pretty big day in a in a um, a facility that's had a lot of very big days over their history, Trent. And being the proximity, obviously, to Des Moines, the capital, you're going to see, I'm sure, a lot of politicians that'll be uh-huh. there, those types of people. Many of the kind of the heavy heads that made this all possible. You've seen some of the other casinos, though, in the state are doing some different things, yeah, too. Yeah, saw that Lakeside. How about Lakeside? See what they're doing? Timmy D? Timmy Dwight is going to be make the first wager uh, at, at Lakeside. Um, so I don't know what the, what the others are doing. I, know I got Dwight, one for you. What have you got? Up in Waterloo at the Isle. Okay. They are going with Andre Dawson. What? They the blew Hawk. him in? The Hawks coming in. They, you know what? Everybody's looking for this big splash when the curtain goes up, yes. right? Uh, and, and thankfully, Prairie Meadows has decided that has decided that we want KXNO's help for that splash. Mm-hmm. And every one of the local shows is going to be there, beginning with the morning rush tomorrow at six o'clock. I believe Travis is coming to town. Travis and Heather will be live there. Now, does that make Sean Sean Roberts that stay here? Right? I would, I would think, think so. Maybe unless he'll be there, they they could throw a pinch hitter in here. Yeah, Andrew maybe. Brown is going to be running things back. Is so he good back here for us tomorrow? So you and I will be there from ten to noon, mm-hmm. and then uh, of course Murph and Andy will be there two to four and the fanatics will recap uh will uh, end the live uh the local programming uh, portion of the day is there on the air tomorrow at four o'clock so there'll be plenty of sports wagering we don't want to miss it we uh we want to be there we're glad that we're going to be there and uh an historic day i mean the place opens in 1989 it goes belly up in 1991 racing ends there's nothing in the building in 1992 93 horses come back on a limited basis 94 it expands a little bit um 95, the slots go live in, I want to say, April of 1995. Okay. It's a, it's the first Racino in the country, which was just amazing that all of these Churchill Downs, yeah. Belmont Park, California tracks, the biggest tracks in the country are all descending to see what's going on in Altoona, Iowa. <laughs> I'll never forget it. It was just incredible. Um, so 95, they get that. Then they get the table games. They build a convention center. They build the hotel, uh, bringing in concerts uh, for entertainment. And then tomorrow, just the, the next, and I don't know, is it the last dom? I mean, what more could they do after sports? I can't think of really anything that would make sense that, 
the I mean, gambling... Vegas doesn't have anything have anything more than we don't have here now, right? No, the Bunny Ranch is an hour and a half away. <laughs> right. Well, it's not legal in uh, Clark County. Clark County, County that's what Vegas it is. is. Yeah. yeah, it's not legal. There. I don't think that'll have be that happening. misconception. Nor is it legal in Polk County, so you're not right. going to see that here uh, either. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what uh, what no. it could be. We'll get to be able to do it all, and then what? The next step is a little puff, and well, away in the we go state. in our state. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah. I was I was kind of focusing uh, on the PRM, part, right, right. right? But yeah, to your point, well, yeah, my fingers are certainly <laughs> crossed there, Trent. You're preaching to this choir, anyways. Um, so yeah, tomorrow's going to be a really fun day. I can't wait to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got a lot of history out there. Yes, a lot, you do. A lot of really fun history out there. The Prairie Meadows brought me to the country quite honestly now i was married to an american um i still am not the same one uh, but um so it made it easier for me to get here at the time but you know i auditioned here and um i won the gig and you know found this place and certainly around its planted any roots in iowa but boy oh boy once once this place gets you it gets you big time it does it gets I, I you don't big ever time. plan on leaving no. been here 39 years and it is a great place to call home. It really home. is, Trent. It really is. And, you know, you're going to have kids growing up in the school system. And mm-hmm. I certainly heard a, a whole lot about that over the years. And um, so, yeah, anyways, looking forward to it because a lot of that history, um, you know, in a roundabout way was able to sit back and on the periphery of Will and Experience and uh, looking forward to that tomorrow. All right, let's recap yesterday. Again, Scott Dockerman at 1025, Alex Halstead on Iowa State at 1045, Cappy will join us at 1120, and then uh, Kenny White in Las Vegas at 1135. He taught me, and he can teach you, and looking forward to uh, having uh, Kenny White on 1135. So you don't have to twist my arm to talk some baseball from last night, because what a night it the, was. You know, let's start with the good, and that was clearly the Twins. I'm sorry if the you know Brewers fans don't see it as the good. but Probably uh, not. No, they don't, Trent. And we talked about Josh Hader and yes. his, um, the way he's been giving up home runs mm. this year. This isn't the Josh Hader that took the league by storm last year. I mean, he's still got that kind of... Hard to pick up the baseball type of motion. The hair's flying. It's tough to see the ball coming out of his hand. At least it was. That's not the case uh, so far this year. And uh, what a moment last night. The first pitch he sees. You know, I was kind of surprised, to be honest with you. What's the heavy set kid that uh, that took uh, um, Albers? Albers? Yes. Boy, it doesn't look like an athlete, does he? No, not at all. Oh, my God. He, he looks like a-, a 1980s yeah, he's he looks like Mickey Lolich. Yeah, just a chunky man out yes. there. The kind of guys that gave me hope growing up that maybe right. I'd have a shot to play ball. Absolutely. You see this dude without a shirt off, and he went, what are you, what are you doing in this locker room? Is that a plumber? Is, is that, <laughs> what, what's this guy Well, you're going to see plumber crack on him for sure. <laughs> yes. But Hader comes in and just, uh, he was awful. How about Josh Hader? Here, here's four consecutive games now he's given up a run. Four straight appearances, he has given up a run. I know he, he blew a couple in Oakland, right? One for sure. He won uh, two there, yeah. Two, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. In between, he had a scoreless appearance, but yeah, it's four, what? Five out of six appearances, wow. and his last four, he has given up at least one earned run. Not the same guy. Mm-mm. Something is off, something is down. He is going from that dependable arm you can turn to at any time, as they tried last night. Yep. It was in the eighth inning. It's not the old school. No, he came We're in two outs. For the ninth. Yep, two outs. We're going to have him go out there and try to get us four outs and get the win. First pitch for First pitch. Gonzalez, and he crushed that yeah, thing. He really did. And then the Twins bullpen did their job, Trent. They did. Which is something I'm sure that you were, you know, I didn't want to text you because I knew you probably wouldn't text back. You'd be nervous as hell because oh, you, after you knew they blew that it they had to turn it to the and, bullpen. And yes. that was the other part. They blew Absolutely. it in the seventh. They went They're up 4-1. Harper, who had been solid throughout the year, he has struggled himself here as of late. 
But up 4-1, you're feeling good. You got the start you needed. Mm-hmm. Martin Perez wasn't exactly sharp. No, he was good he enough. was all right. Yep. Got fought himself out of uh-huh. a couple of jams and got it happening there. But as they were blowing that lead when Harper was giving it up, that exact and the same time. should have been more, Trent. The, the Indians should have been more. were coming back. Yeah. And it would what was it, 6-1 at one point? It was big. I don't remember exactly I think what it, was. it was 6-1. All right. It looked like, all, all right, they're going to get the lead back. It's going to be great. And then suddenly, the Twins blow the lead. Mm-hmm. The Indians come back and force extra <laughs> innings. And those highs and lows. We've talked about that great night, what, seven, eight years ago now of baseball. The yeah, last the final night. Yep. The last night of the year and how great it was. This was on, a, obviously, a much smaller scale. But the ebbs and flows of baseball and how you can go from devastated. And that was me to 20 minutes later, yeah. elation. You just you don't get those kind of things no, in the don't. scoreboard watching in other sports. You and you don't, don't get, get them until the month of August, quite honestly. Right. Let's be yes. real. You and I talk a lot of baseball uh, throughout the regular season. We're into it. We're both baseball fans. But when the calendar turns from, I'm not even sure if it's after the All-Star break necessarily. I think it's more August. Mm-hmm. You know, once the trade deadline comes and goes, you know that the race is on. I mean, it's a legitimate sprint now for the final couple of months of the season. It's just different. August and September baseball and... Boy, oh boy, treated to it last night at uh, at Miller Park. This is the last year we're going to be able to call it Miller Park. Is it this year or next year? It's always going to be Miller Park. Like, it was always Mile High Stadium right. in Denver. The uh, new naming rights when yeah, they go into effect. I don't even remember effect. who got it, but it seems yeah. ridiculous. A, that Miller would give it up. Right. I mean, that, isn't that where they were based to begin with? Wasn't yes. Mil- Miller a Milwaukee Yes, it was. I took the institution tour in Milwaukee. I've been, been through it and had some... Just some awful beer at the end. I know this was back before the craft brew of, of the world came out, and it's like you're not a Miller Lite fan, apparently. Well, Miller Lite's certainly not my favorite domestic. And then it was all right. Well, these are some of the different beers we have, and it was some just awful, awful swill that they were handed out at the time. Things are a little bit different. The beer do you know? World. Do you remember? And I was certainly because I was still in Canada, and it was one of my. It was, it was coming up on one of my because my my vacation was this two weeks in April between. In between seasons, so I would always go to the Metrodome, right? Mm-hmm. I because I, I knew I was going to see a game, and Miller Genuine Draft had just come out. MGD, MGD prior, and I couldn't wait to get to the states to try a Miller Genuine Draft, and I remember trying it for the. Okay, maybe I just had too much expectations for this. It tasted like everything else. Right? Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot to that. And, and, and ice, you remember it was it ice, bud, B- bud or ice. ice or bud ice? Bud ice, yes, that was terrible Awful. stuff. Ice house. We used to get kegs of ice that in house, college yeah, yeah. because it was cheaper than everything sure. else. And it had higher alcohol content. And, oh, is that what it was? Is, yes. So that's what separated bud. Yep. Heavy from Bud Ice was higher alcohol. I didn't know yes. that. Yes. So what it was. And that's you can still find those tall boys. You go into a convenience store. You can pop one of those and get a little extra something out of your, your yeah. 16 or 24 ounces. I don't need that. I drink that Peachtree Red Rambler, and I and I have to cut it. Yeah? And I cut it with whatever light beer is on sale. Bush Light, Bud Light, Coors Light. Um, and then, of course, Friday, she, my, my gal, Stella. Stella uh, makes shows an up in the, with, in, in the growler. Indeed. All right, let's do the Cubs. Um, you know what? It was an entertaining ball game last night, Trent. It really was. I know it didn't go the Cubs way, but mm-hmm. I found myself thinking, you know what? Even though they this might not uh, end well for the Cubs fans out there, this is a pretty fun game. Quintana, give him credit, man. Credit where credit is due. He set a career high. He only went six. You know, you could tell his night was not going to be a long one uh, in, in the very first batter because Bryce Harper... I mean, what an at-bat those two guys staged against each other. It was, I don't know how many pitches it ended up being, uh, but boy, oh boy, it put uh, Q behind the eight ball as far as 
any chance he had that he was going to be able to go seven or eight, if indeed he's on. Um, he let off Bryce Harper did last night. It was hitless, but it was a really long at-bat. But Trent, he struck out 14, including yes. the side in his final inning of work. 14 of the 18 outs he got. How about that? Were via the strikeout. Now, where is that every... I mean, I'm not saying every night. It's been three straight good starts, though. Three yes. straight quality him starts and from Darvish. him. Yes. Now, conversely... The other, How about this? The top of the rotation, The if one, you will. two, three. Mm-hmm. You can't say that. Oh, not at all. Is, is that just this Cubs team? When one thing seems like you got it figured out, Excellent something else point. is going to hit yes. the skids. Because Rizzo's, Rizzo's struggling. Yes, Brian gets is. going a little bit. Yep. Rizzo's struggling. Um, Castellanos has is is provided a jolt, as oh has God. Ian Happ. And Except Ian Happ guys. defensively last night. Did you see the popped up that he missed? Yeah. Trent, I'm telling you. There, there's, I mean, as uh, Deshay said, the catch probability on that ball, and of course he was, you know, being a little hyperbolic, but maybe not. Ninety nine point nine 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 is what he said. Yeah. And then there's a couple of innings later, and the same play was about to happen, and he's going at the ball the same way. I'm thinking to myself, oh no, not again. Now he made the catch. Uh, but he blew a play at second base. There was a throw from um, that, that kind of rattled around in left field and Castellanos. I'm not sure who they were trying to get at second. I can't remember that. But the ball's there in time, and Ian Happ couldn't catch the ball to apply the tag. You have to be careful about you this. Do. This is not just a blip because we've seen it so many times right. in baseball. I will be shocked if he starts tonight. I think it's time to Clear give the him head. a little rest. Yep. Bodie. Get your glove. Yep. You're going in at second base. I remains to be seen. We haven't seen this, obviously the lineup's not out yet, but I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Ian Happ sat down tonight. Cubs now have the Cardinals just a game back. Every single time we throw dirt on this Cardinals team, death taxes in the Cardinals in the postseason. They come roaring back and they're doing it again. It was a two nothing win last night. Watched quite a bit of that though. That was kind of my flip back and forth. Did board. you see Bill Fenley sitting behind home plate? Uh, well, I saw a picture of, of Coach Fenley and his I, I didn't watch a pitch. He, uh, you know, Carlos Martinez at the end. I, I never thought this would work for the Cardinals. Yeah. I thought this is right. this is throwing just anything, trying mm-hmm. to get any kind of value out of Carlos Martinez. I thought the same thing, Trent. He's been good. Yeah, he's been really good. He, yep. And what now in there? he's had his bad. He had a bad. Uh, didn't he? Didn't he blow one? I think over the weekend, maybe. That's on, no. They were late last week. Yes. Yeah. yeah because the was. weekend they swept. They, they did. Yeah. yeah. So they it couldn't have been over the weekend. But no, you're right. He's he's been um, he's been better than certainly I thought. All right. Last thing, Scott Dockerman is coming up. So Pro Football Focus. Mm-hmm. It has certainly gained momentum and steam, whether it's the NFL or the college game. Pro Football Focus. Chris Collinsworth. They made a. Brilliant. I don't know whose company it was, but they brought Chris Collinsworth's name into it Mm -hmm. and his NBC tie and, of course, his NFL tie. And they've got a lot of analysts, I guess, at Pro Football Focus. I don't know what it entails to become one of these guys that that becomes a Pro Football Focus analytical dude. But they ranked the 130 college football quarterbacks and released that list today. Starting at 130... What's that? That's a fun exercise. It is. It's it, and it's pretty in depth too because they've got uh, you know they got a uh, a paragraph on each of the 130 starting quarterbacks uh, in college football. I haven't seen the list. I'm going to guess though. Tua is at the top. No, he's second. He's second. Trevor Lawrence Trevor is at the Lawrence, top. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that 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 sophomore. That's not bad. Uh, he's not bad at all. Right, he's national he's champion in his freshman year. So Nate Stanley. I'm going to tell you where Nate Stanley is. Nate Stanley okay. of the Hawkeyes is uh, going to a three year starter yeah. after this year. He's a senior quarterback. Um, he's ranked. 51. That seems low. Uh, 
seems there's there's 50 quarterbacks better than him in college. That's football. what the that's what the numbers say. Yes, I wouldn't buy that. See, I was going to say that seemed high, but I get where you're going low. I, yeah, we feel the same way. Yes, I just yeah. was, you know, is it, we is look it, at it a different right? Is a 12 passion. seed a high seed or a low seed? <laughs> right. Right. Um, so yes, I don't believe there's 50 quarterbacks in college football better than Nate. I like Nate Stanley. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a pro. I do. He's yeah. got the size. I think he's got the arm. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of work to do. He does. But I think he's going to be a pro. So Nate Stanley's 51. Final question for you before we go to break. Where's Brock Purdy? Uh. Brock Purdy, sophomore quarterback, Iowa State. Top 30. Yes, you're right. He is in the top 30. Better than that, though? Better than that. Keep going. Top 20? Keep going. No. Top 15? <laughs> You're going to get there eventually. Brock Purdy is number eight. No. Brock Purdy is the eighth best quarterback. He's the, there's only one sophomore, and that sophomore's pretty good, that's ranked ahead of Brock Purdy. Ooh. Let me give you the tops, the seven quarterbacks that pro football focus. This isn't some fly by night blogger in his basement. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. This is a legitimate, legitimate service. These guys do all the analytics. I, I know Paul Allen doesn't believe in them, and I'm guessing Hawkeye fans won't believe after this was. So we've. I, I told you, Trevor Lawrence one, Tagliavoa two, Justin Herbert at Oregon. He's three. He's a senior. He's a good player. Derek King, who I don't know too much about at Houston, he's number four. Mason five, North Texas. But think of this: North Texas and Houston mm-hmm. have two of the top five quarterbacks in college football. North Texas, the Mean Green, Mason Fine. Six is Sam Ellinger. Love Sam Ellinger. I think he's going to be a Heisman contender. I have Texas winning the league based on him. Costello at Stanford's up mm-hmm. on a lot of draft boards as well. He's seven. And then Brock Purdy. Rounding out your top ten, from Georgia and Khalil Tate, who just imploded last year. He was awful at Arizona, is the 10th-ranked quarterback in college football. So better than Shea Patterson, better than Adrian yes. Martinez, better yes. than Jalen Hurts, better than yes. Jordan Love. Ian Book, right. Jacob Eason. <sighs> Garitano with Tennessee is a nice player. Yeah, that's Kelly Bryant is 29. Rarified air there for an Iowa right. State quarterback. No, no question about it. Florida State quarterback, Blackman's at 35. You gotta you get through a lot of QBs before you get to the signal caller at Iowa. If that is the case, if he turns out to be the eighth best college quarterback this year, they're they're playing in the Big Twelve Championship. Not only that, they might be playing for more. We can't talk like this, Trent. That's ridiculous. I'm, if he's the eighth I know, best but think quarterback, of what we're doing. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm not saying with that defense. No, you're preaching to the choir. I'm so high on this team. Oof. Yeah, I splash some water on her face. Well, not our face, Cyclone Nation's face. <laughs> this is all they need. Pour, they've already poured themselves a big old glass of Kool Aid, and for the first time ever. Deservedly yeah. so. Uh, 25 minutes after the hour, 10 o'clock. Scott Darkerman next. Alex Halstead on Iowa State before we get to the top of the hour. Cappy joins us in the 11. Kenny White, if you're into sports wagering, he is the professor at 1135. Miller and Condon, we're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Portions of the program brought to us by Dr. Stephen Fuller, Fuller Associates Family Dentistry, General Dentistry, Cosmetic Dentistry, Restorative Dentistry, a couple of locations there in eastern Polk County. You can find them in Altoona, 410 8th Street Southwest, Altoona, also 2822 East 29th Street in Des Moines. 
uh, fullerdental.net online. Let's talk to our buddy Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Boy, oh boy, has he been busy. Media day and the open practice behind it. And Doc is keeping us up at The Athletic, and we appreciate that. Scott, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Scott Dockerman. How are you? I'm terrific. How's it going today? Good. So, but you know, we've talked um, over the last couple of days some about the you know what uh, some of the media saw, and we're going to pick your brain. But I want to pick your brain a little bit, Doc, on, on Kinnick Stadium, on just some of the uh, uh, the 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 newness, if you will. Some of the um, the construction is almost finished or finished in most cases. What did you see at Kinnick Stadium that the public will see uh, when they get there for the first time in a couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, I think the general public that doesn't use the club area won't really notice a whole lot of differences other than the big scoreboard on top. Uh, Because last year they had, you know, still all the seating there. Uh, You know, everybody was able to sit at least outside. Uh, But the club area wasn't even really began at that point. But, uh, you know, now you'll, if, when you look inside that club area, it's massive. It's as big as I can ever, as you can imagine. It's it dwarfs the size of uh, probably the club area or whatever of of the uh, actual press box. And then on the outside, I thought what was a really nice touch was this, uh, you know, uh, bronze uh, relief of Duke Slater when uh, Iowa beat Notre Dame in 1921. And uh, you know, you have him, Aubrey Devine, and Gordon Locke, three of the nine players up on the you know the wall of fame there at, at kinnick stadium and uh, i think that that's something that's on the outside so i think people will uh really enjoy looking at it when they walk by so you know it was very uh you know the the club itself was massive and and a nice touch and and i think overall that this was a pretty good project just over a year ago at this time tyler lindebaum was playing baseball <laughs> for solon and going through workouts with the team he played as a true freshman though kept it under the four games so he's able to uh, maintain his redshirt status. Then, during bowl prep, they flip him over. You're going to be our center, and it looks like he's going to be the center for Iowa for the next four seasons. You had a long article about him at The Athletic Doc. Tell us about Tyler Lindebaum, and from all accounts that I read and heard about from Saturday, he acquitted himself very well during that open practice during Kids Day. He does not play like a freshman at all, and he's only 19, and here he is setting records in the squat for his position group, and and you got to remember the last you know four centers that played at Iowa are on NFL rosters right now. So he's uh, he fits the part already as a, as a freshman and very tenacious. He's bigger now, you know. He's close to two ninety. Uh, you know, just has this attitude and this toughness about him that really fits what they're looking for. I know I had a conversation with Chris Doyle and. He's like, you know, I have to pinch myself to not say that's James Ferentz. But he also says that's James Ferentz when he was older. You know, when he was younger, he wasn't like this. So uh, he's he's definitely in that category. And then and then you just uh, you, you think back to what he did a year ago and how difficult of a of a summer he, he had. You know, he still wanted to play baseball for Stolen, but he was in the 6 a.m. weightlifting group, and that's that's not like just going to the gym like me or you might do. I mean, this is you know significant difficult. Uh, you know, workouts, and then he goes to class, and then he goes to Solon and has either baseball practice or a game, sometimes on the road, and then gets back to the dorms at like 11 o'clock at night and does it all over again, you know, four to five times a week. So I think it showed his uh, his work ethic and, 
and his dedication, and that's really spilled over to what he's doing with the football team. Doc, one of your other pieces that I thought was uh, was a really good read as well, the breakout candidates, and Cedric Lattimore is on that list. Reganey is as well, and a lot of folks have him uh, zeroing in on him as a guy that they're expecting big things from. But for Cedric Lat, for this Hawkeye team, quite honestly, the defense, who we think are really uh, strong in the secondary, we believe that, obviously, the defensive ends with one of the best players in the Big Ten or in college football period and Epinesa and on the other side Golston but it's in the middle of that defense and Cedric Lattimore is going to be asked to you know to really play a significant role and by all accounts from the people that you spoke with that practicing against him in his senior season he's going to be up to the task and quite honestly doc he has to be this is a big spot for Iowa Lattimore in the middle of that defensive line they need to be able to count on him and it sounds like they may be able to yeah, I think he's uh, he's a guy that's kind of entering that senior year where the expectations are high and he needs to to match them. and And so far, it sounds like he has that he's really been a you know a, a tough player, a competitive player in practice. And you know, you had he had six starts two years ago, and then he got in a little bit of trouble last year. He uh, was suspended for the first game, and uh, you know, and that allowed Sam Brinks to kind of take that role and stick with it. So, but they need him because he handles so much. Uh, in that position, you know, he's going to be a lot, you know, a lot of times over the center or in the A gap. And in Iowa's two gap scheme, you know, the defensive tackles just really need to tie up blockers and not give any ground. And so it's really important that he does. Now, I will say that uh, D- uh, Davion Nixon looks the part. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, you know, a lot of reviews, um, both on and off record, were, you know, he's, he's, he's the guy. You know, he's 6'3, 310 pounds really long arms, and just some of the drills I saw on Saturday, I'm like, wow, this guy is really special. So, so if he can continue to improve his technique to match his physical abilities, um, you know, they're going to have three really good tackles. I think Brady Reef will be a nice uh, player for him as well. Um, and then a couple others, you know, in Austin Schulte and Noah Shannon, who will be able to kind of be innings eaters this year, but uh, fill in and do a nice job. So, if uh, Cedric Lattimore is kind of the linchpin, if he can play well and Nick Sun can come along, um, then it might not be a detriment. It might actually be a plus for the hot guys. Doc, you know this team as well as anybody, everything one through 120, 25, whatever's on the roster. Did your opinion change on anybody after Saturday? Something, either a guy, positive or negative, that you're thinking much differently today as opposed to last week? Oh boy, that's that's a great question there, Trent. Uh, you know, when looking at you know who kind of stood out for me, uh, you know, I, I would say I, I thought that maybe the running backs played a little better than I expected, and it, it wasn't. And everybody kind of looks at it. Well, the defense must not have been very good. No, that's that's not the case at all. I I just think that they seemed to be more decisive in how they cut and how they moved. And even if it was for a short gain, they seemed to be in the you know be there quicker than they were last year and that's something that had to happen and and will continue to happen and and i think in some cases you know maybe we uh we we overanalyzed them a little bit too much uh you know because they were still pretty young mckay sergeant just got to campus and but Torin young really looked strong and physical and, and decisive and and i think if he if he can run like that he's gonna have a role for himself it may not be the key role but it'll be a a role at, at critical junctures. Now, as far as uh, freshmen go, there was one guy who really stood out to me, and that's Logan Lee. And he's playing defensive tackle. He came to Iowa as a tight end. They flipped him over to defensive end. Now he's playing defensive tackle, and I'm just like, 
wow, you know, against his peers, you know, at that second, third uh, depth chart, I mean, he was really playing hard and playing well. And, and I think he's got a chance, maybe not this year. I think they don't really want him to have to play this year. But, you know, in the future, he can he could become a, a real – you know, integral part of that defense. You know, we've talked a lot about the the battle for the backup spot. Uh, a lot of love out there for for Manzel and Petrus, but but what about Nate Stanley? What did you see from him uh, in the limited uh, opportunity that you guys had on Saturday? What kind of practice did Stanley have? I know accuracy said as much in Chicago when he was with us. Something he wanted to you know be better at this year. What did you see in Stanley's practice? He was okay. Uh, he didn't have as many opportunities as the other two. That's a, that's a commercial. Just that. okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I thought he was fine. I didn't okay. really see anything to make me go, "Wow, this guy's going to win the Heisman," you know. But I, I thought that he, you know, he, he was pretty accurate. He was able to distribute the ball to his receivers, and and maybe it says a lot about the receivers more than anything mm. that they're able to gain that kind of separation that a few years ago they could never could do. And you know, Nico Regani is a major part of that, but also you know, Brandon Smith seems much more crisp in his routes and. And and Demir Smith Marset also just seems more mature out there. So I think it all kind of ties together. Maybe I wasn't looking uh, at Stanley to you know blow me away or anything, but you know he didn't c- compete as long or as much as Banzel or Petrus. But I thought he was fine, and you know I didn't. You know I, I guess my opinion of him hasn't changed too much. It's it's really going to be set by what he does in the you know, in the fourth quarter at Iowa State or at Michigan yep. more than what he does on no the question. kids' day practice. You know? uh, what was your take on Petrus? I thought Petrus was the better player of the mm-hmm. two. I, I like him a lot. And that last uh, drive that he had, you know, it was kind of against the mix of one and twos. He was three of eight, but one was a spike. Uh, you know, one was, uh, you know, a guy dropped the ball. And, and so and another guy got hit really hard. So he was very accurate. It was a two-minute drill. He let him down the field to a to a field goal, and I think you got to feel good that Caleb Shudik hit a 45-yarder, you know, in what they manufactured a, a tight situation. But I, I really liked uh, his poise. I liked his accuracy. His arm is incredible. Um, I would give make him the odds-on favorite for next year. There'll be a new safety back there. Kayvon Merriweather appears to be the starter, a guy that certainly looks to be very physical. We'll mix it up inside. How much of a learning curve do you expect, though, for Merriweather back there at safety? It'll be there. It'll be somewhat significant, I think. In his case, it's probably for the best. He's played in Miami of Ohio with a new quarterback and and Rutgers right away, uh, which doesn't have much of a offense in general. But uh, I think that'll help him kind of adjust because uh, you know we saw this last year with Amani Jones, and I'm no way suggesting that Kayvon Merriweather is in that situation, but. You know, incredible athlete, couldn't catch on, struggled early, got replaced. And, uh, you know, and, and you, you could, there's potential for that with, with Kayvon Merriweather. But that said, you know, he's a, he's really owned that role since the offseason. Last year, he was a two star. He came in, uh, basketball player and then, you know, took off and, and, you know, played the season. And now he's the starting free safety. So, yeah, there's going to be some issues there. I think, you know, it, it, his, Progress will be best judged by how he does at Iowa State uh, against Brock Purdy because that's obviously a a difficult matchup for anybody, let alone a new new safety. So uh, I think he uh, he looks the part, and they're going to grow with him. And if he can, you know, really 
you know, make some strides early on. I think he'll be a real asset for Iowa. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic joining us on the program. The Athletic, if you haven't already done so, two ninety nine, three ninety nine, depending on the special per month. It's not just uh, Iowa or Iowa State. It's essentially every sports team in every single league uh, out there, and they've got, uh, they've got somebody assigned to those teams and to those schools, and it is well worth the money. It is indeed, in my opinion, the future of sports uh, writing and reading. Doc, thank you, my friend. We'll talk Talk to you next week. Appreciate it. All right, great, guys. Have a wonderful day. You do the same. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Uh, Alex Halstead uh, joins the program. 24-7 Sports Cycle and Alert. We switch from Iowa to Iowa State next. Miller and Condon coming up on uh, quarter before the hour of 11. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's get right to him. Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com, part of 24-7 Sports. Uh, he joins the program as we get the very latest on Iowa State as they go through their fall camp. Uh, Alex, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. I want to start with uh, you know your parent company, 24-7. They put out their power rankings, Big 12 power rankings, and like a lot of them, uh, Oklahoma 1, Texas 2, and there's Iowa State at 3. Uh, where are you on, on the two above Iowa State? Are you a Texas guy? Or are you an Oklahoma guy? Who do you think is the team to beat in the Big 12, Alex? Yeah, I went with Oklahoma, and okay. uh, that was my, my Big 12 preseason poll. I just think offensively they have so many weapons with you know C.D. Lamb out wide. They've got multiple backs. They've got, um, obviously, Jalen Hurts, who I think it remains to be seen what he can do, but we've seen what Lincoln Riley can do. So right. I think they're kind of given the benefit of the doubt as long as their defense improves, and it, it can't be worse. So I think they're going to improve under Alex Grinch, who is actually, a, I think, a friend of Matt Campbell. So that will be interesting. But, th- yeah, that's the order I had. And so we had uh, Iowa State third in the in the power rankings that they put together. In the projected records, they actually had Iowa State fourth with Oklahoma State third. And that was in large part because Oklahoma State's got a pretty easy non-conference slate. So right. it's going to be interesting up there, you know, after those two teams that most people think are one-two. You know, with that, Alex, as you go through in Texas, Oklahoma, just the conference as a whole, the Big 12 still the only conference that hasn't won a game in the college football playoff, and perception sometimes starts to become reality. How important is it, maybe if not this year, within the next year or two, though, of getting to that championship game, of winning a game in the playoff, and the perception as a whole of the Big 12? Yeah, I think it's definitely something that, you know, at some point you want to try to advance to that, and I think Oklahoma's obviously had a good shot if they just had any semblance of a defense. I think maybe they beat Georgia a couple years ago with that, but you've got to have a little bit of a complete package when you get to the college football playoffs. You you can't just rely on maybe one facet of your game. And I think that's one area where Oklahoma, especially I think probably has to take that step. I think, um, you know, it's been good for for the big 12 to get there, especially I think the fact that there were those concerns a few years ago of, you know, did they need a big 12 championship game? Does the championship game help or hurt? So I think they've kind of gotten over that hurdle of, you know, they can prove that they can get there as a 10-team conference, but now they've got to, you know, maybe take that next step and, and win a game and get to the national title game. Uh, you tweeted out yesterday that uh, Connor Sally, the uh, place kicker for Iowa State, is feeling more comfortable from 50 and beyond. Now, he was only asked to kick from beyond 50 once last year, and he made it. Uh, but that's good news that he's that he's, uh, apparently has worked on his range and – you know, he's comfortable if he's asked that, uh, you know what, that that kick is there. That's good news. 
Yeah, that, that's obviously one of the, the bigger questions when you get specialists. But I had you on mind a little bit, you know, because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago about mm-hmm. what he'd done this offseason. So, I, so we asked him that. And, uh, uh, yeah, he said last year he felt pretty comfortable when they would ask him to do about anything 45 in, which is a, what I think we talked about, that really from that point in, he was pretty consistent. It was maybe in the 45 to 50 range where I think maybe he struggled a little bit he more. Did. And so he, he he's worked a lot on his strength, and he said also flexibility and uh, he was asked, you know, where do you feel comfortable now? And he said, in practice, at least, he's starting to feel a little bit more comfortable between 50 and 53. So that's not to say I State wants to challenge him back there that much or that, you know, a college kicker is going to be consistent, you know, from 50-plus. But he at least feels like he can do it a little bit more. A lot of campuses, QB2 is the favorite guy on campus. Don't think that's going to be <laughs> no. uh, happening in Ames this season. But Real Mitchell is the number 2 quarterback. Tom Manning talked about that a little bit this week. Your takeaway from the quarterback room, we know Purdy is one, Real Mitchell, and as the backup quarterback, we've heard some talk, maybe a special package. Does that change at all, knowing that he is the backup and he want to get as many reps as possible for him as a quarterback? Yeah, so so this storyline is a little bit twofold. The first part is that with Purdy, they're trying to make sure that he sits in the pocket a little bit longer so that he's not always scrambling because they know what scrambling can lead to, you know, more hits and, and that sort of thing. So they want him to be smarter about when to take off, and then when he does take off, they want him to slide more or get out of bounds. He said that was probably his be- biggest lesson learned last year. He took some big hits. Um, some of them you know, just come because you play football and you're going to take hits, but sometimes it was maybe his decision to not slide or, or to risk going against the safety. And so they need to keep him healthy. You know, They haven't had the same starting quarterback in every game uh, since 2008 in Austin Arnod. Some of that's been performance. Some of it's been injuries and you know, Purdy, performance-wise, I don't think they feel like they'll have any issue with that, but they need to keep him healthy. And that leads to Real Mitchell, and they need him ready because, you know, Joel Gordon, the quarterback's coach, that he's for sure the number two guy right now. And uh, the big thing with him is kind of the opposite is he likes to take off, and they need to make sure he sits in the pocket because they need him to, you know, they're fine with him being a dual-threat guy, but they need him to be a quarterback um, and sit back there. So that's been his biggest emphasis is, don't take off too early. You know, sit there, make your reads, and, and make throws. Um, but yeah, you know, Joe Gordon said that they haven't ruled out uh, him still being in a special package. But I think right now they know he's a snap away, so they got to get him ready at quarterback first. Uh, Alex Halstead is our guest. Alex, would you be shocked if uh, if Cyhawk rolls around and Brees Hall is the starting running back? I hear him raves about him. I'm not sure he's going to start against you and I. You almost have to go with one of the incumbents to give them a chance. But I'm hearing rave with a capital R reviews on 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 Brees Hall. Would you be shocked if he starts against Iowa? I can't say I'd be shocked just because I think they are in a point where you know, Matt Campbell's not afraid to play a young guy and go with him early. Now, I think we look back a little bit last year, and, and people remember that that Cyhawk game was where he was a little bit cautious with not starting Colin Newell at center, you know, retro freshman. He said he learned his lesson from that, that that was probably a mistake he made. He should have just went with the guy he thought was best there um, because we obviously saw that Newell started every game basically after that. So um, I, I wouldn't be shocked because I've heard the same thing, the scrimmage. It sounds like he was maybe the standout. Uh, they started, and it sounded like – Went pretty heavy with Kane Nwangu and Johnny Lang early. Kane tweaked something, and then Brees Hall was in, and I was told they never looked back after that, that Brees Hall was kind of the guy that he was able to run between the tackles and outside, had two big runs. Um, so, you know, I think I think it's going to be interesting, but it sounds like you know, at least one scrimmage in, and, and Brock Purdy didn't talk about any specifics. He said that they ran a limited offense and that the coaches have said, you know, to not read too much into one good performance, but 
one scrimmage in, it sounds like Brees Hall has been pretty impressive. Uh, Trent's going to switch to basketball on us in a second here, so one more on football. Any other nuggets that you've been able to uh, to glean from that scrimmage other than the Brees Hall info you just shared? Yeah, some of like, you know, tight end-wise, all three were pretty equally productive. There were times that they went three tight end sets. So I think the tight ends continue to be the big storyline. Now, they're obviously tinkering with things, deciding how they want to use them, but it's going to be interesting because it sounds like all three of them have had their days where – you know, they've went up above safeties and made plays and, and just could be the size that uh, Iowa State maybe doesn't have the experience with, like a Hakeem Butler, in terms of the receiver position. So um, that was another big thing. It sounded like defensively it was just kind of what you'd expect. They ran all three man front. Will McDonald looks athletic, but I think just continues to have to probably get stronger and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, Brees Hall and, and Joseph Skates were, sounds like, uh, the two big players uh, offensively and then, you know, the defense did what you kind of expected to do. Over to basketball, they're playing in Italy. They beat the beat uh, beat the B team from the Netherlands. Easy me to say. Not sure if you had a chance to watch it yesterday, but Terrence Lewis continues to tantalize me as he leads the team <laughs> with 15 points. Yeah, I kept my eye on it on, on Facebook, and uh, that Netherlands team is probably the best team they'll play over there. I think okay. um, you know, it's a team that lost twice to DePaul, lost by five to Pitt, beat Illinois, who was shorthanded, but. You know, they've played other schools, they've been tested, and um, and that sort of thing. It's it's always hard to know what you're going to get overseas, but I think that's probably the best team they will play. And, um, you know, yeah, you know, Terrence Lewis was really good for that second team. Chrome really ran out. I think it's what he's going to do the next two games is really two five-man groups. They started Tyrese Halliburton, Prentice Nixon, Rasir Bolton, uh, Michael Jacobson, and Solomon Young. And then, you know, that next group was basically their next five guys, so... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, kind of what lineups he tries to mix and match because I think he might try to give Halliburton and Jacobson some rest over there a little bit. But, uh, um, you know, Lewis kind of was a standout in that game. And uh, also, also probably Solomon Young, who hasn't played basketball for quite a while. So um, those two guys are going to be pretty important. And I think it, Lewis especially because Iowa State needs another person to step up probably on the wing. And uh, Pro has challenged Lewis really since last season ended that, hey, this is your time to – kind of take that step and he looks pretty good at least um you know from what we can take from it it's better competition for sure than the cap city league hmm. so that back to that t- when the, the team that uh when they beat illinois do you know who did because uh, they got some guys to sonamu and bashana's Vili. those are two really good players and they knocked off illinois and iowa state crushed this team yeah yeah they beat illinois um i'm not sure by how much it was about 10 points i think i think they were missing kofi uh, Cockburn and someone else. So they they were missing a couple of their top players, but I know IO played and a few others. And um, that team switches. It sounds like they're game to game. But there's some players that move in and out of that national team, but you know they played pretty competitive. Like I, like I said, I don't know what Pitt's like or not, but they beat Pitt. I think wow. sixty to fifty five. Um, so or they lost to Pitt sixty to fifty five. So they hung with them most of that game. So you know they played some high major schools and beat one and, and lost a couple others uh, pretty narrowly. Uh, Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert 24-7 Sports. Alex, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, Alex Halstead. 11 o'clock hour, Cappy, and a real sports wagering savant, 1135-1460 KXNO.